Folks, always great to have guests on the Irish NFL show, and this week is no different. Our special guest this week has worked his way up through the front office ranks uh, from scouting assistant to national scout, the assistant director, assistant GM, now uh, getting his opportunity to be a GM in the league, uh, from the Panthers to the Dolphins, helping band and bean build this great Buffalo Bills team last January, hired as the GM of the New York Football Giants. A very warm welcome to Joe Sheehan. Joe, uh, very, very warm welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Joe, your surname sounds like an Irish name. Have you any Irish heritage yourself? Have you, have you been here before? Uh, I have not been to Ireland. My, my grandmother's name was uh, Quigney, so I am half Irish, half German. So there, there you have a lot of cousins with red hair. My dad's beard is red when he grows it out. So there is some, some Irish in the family. Well, you're, you're always uh, welcome to this little uh, green island, Joe. And um, as Michael touched on um, at the top, then you have worked your way uh, up the, the ladder. I think the internet leads me to believe you began life as a ticketing intern with the, the Panthers before obviously working way up and now being, you know, this the GM of, of the New York football giants, a storied uh, franchise. Can you talk to us a little bit about like the, the path you've taken and, and particularly, you know, working with Brandon Bean, you, in, you worked with him in Carolina and then you were reunited in Buffalo and a little bit about um, that. Yeah, so really when I started in the ticket office, the, the university I went to, DePaul University, you had to do an off-campus internship in the month of January and I was just trying to get my foot in the door with, you know, I knew I wanted to do something in sports. I didn't know what sport, obviously I played football in college. So it was a passion of mine. And, you know, through my mom knew the neighbor of the neighbor, one of those deals of the ticketing manager with the Panthers. So I was able to get my foot in the door, worked there for three weeks. And then when I was getting ready to go back to school in January of 2000, you know, the, you know, the five people that were in the ticket office at the time, now ticket offices have about 20 people. Um, they're like, Hey, if you want to work training camp, we can get you in contact with, um, this guy, Brandon Bean, and you could maybe work with him at training camp. And I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'd love to do it. So fast forward to July of 2000. Uh, it's actually my 21st birthday. Uh, my mom dropped me off at the stadium in Carolina. And, you know, we drove an hour south to Spartanburg. And I worked training camp, putting beds in rooms, TVs, filling refrigerators with Gatorades, waters, whatever, whatever the players needed. And, you know, that was my first exposure to Brandon Bean. So I did a you know month-long, basically, training camp internship with him. And then I went back to for my senior year of school and my last year of football um, at DePaul. And then, you know, graduation was coming uh, in February of 2021, or I guess it would be 2001, sorry, not 2021. Uh, and I met Brandon at the NFL Combine, and he said, hey, we may have a job, job opening in scouting. Is that something you want to do? I'd say absolutely. And, you know, so I was able to get on in Carolina. I was there for eight years before going to the Dolphins. Uh, Brandon became a, a very – close friend of mine still is to this day, not only a mentor, somebody I look up to, but, you know, one of my best friends and, you know, he got that job and, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to be his first hire. We were aligned in a lot of our philosophies and team building. And, you know, again, it was just, um, you know, I was, I was fortunate to be there and built something special up there in Buffalo and um, they're doing a really good job now, but, you know, I learned a ton from Brandon. I'm fortunate to have worked with him and, you know, a lot of that I've, I've learned from him, you know, I'll be able to implement, you know, hopefully here in New York. Joe, you're, you're the first GM hired by the Giants since 1979 from, with, with no links to the organization. And obviously you've had a busy time, you know, once you got the job, the new head coach had to be taken on board. Obviously then free agency, then come the draft. From a personal perspective, do you feel any added pressure to kind of make sure that you do a really good job because you are the first person essentially who's, who's come in with no links to the organization? Yeah, you know what year I was born, Brian? 
1979, <laughs> which is crazy. It's crazy to think that, you know, there hasn't been a general manager without ties to the organization for that long. So, uh, yeah, there's only 32 of these jobs in the world. So no matter where it is, whether it's, you know, Seattle to Miami to L.A. to Green Bay, to, you know, there, there's always going to be pressure in this job. There's always high expectations. Uh, football over here, you know, very passionate fan base. Um, and there's only 17 games, so every week is almost like the Super Bowl to every every fan base. So there's immense pressure throughout the year. You know, the, the problem, too, is, you know, if you're in sales or, you know, you guys are doing your podcast and you don't have a great week, you can go get them the next week. Like for us, when the season's over, you got to wait nine months to get that taste out of your mouth or go compete again. No different than I got here in January and I'm, you know, full force ahead. I want us to go win, but you know, it takes time. And I tell the coaches all the time and the staff, listen, we don't play till September. I know we may not be where we want to be at this position or that position, but we don't play till September. And there's several avenues to, you know, to sign players or claim players off waivers. So um, there's always going to be pressures in this job. You just got to be patient, have a plan, a vision for what you want to do and, you know, stick with it the best you can. Joe, in a recent interview, uh, you mentioned how a small comment about a player, good or bad, which would not even make the news in Buffalo, can get scrutinized in the New York media. Uh, have you been taken uh, taken back by the intense scrutiny that it comes, I guess, being involved in, in the New York markets and how this comes with being the Giants GM? Yeah, again, Buff yeah, you're right. Buffalo was a smaller market and, and got to know, you know, they just didn't have as many people covering the team on a daily basis. A lot of good people that cover the team. Uh, same as here in New York. It's just... There's a heightened sense of, you know, when when we were in Buffalo and Brandon Bean was at a pro day or a game, like that wasn't news, you know, this this offseason. Again, we had two high picks, so I get it. But, you know, that that was news that, you know, everywhere I was going, people knew where I was, where I was. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, not all the information, but some stuff you want to keep in house you know, for competitive advantage. So, uh, listen, they, they got a job to do, the media, and they, they do a great job with it here. And, um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know a lot of the, the beat writers here and look forward to continuing to develop a relationship with them. But yeah, I mean, you are definitely under a very large microscope here in uh, New York. Now, having worked as the assistant GM in Buffalo, you, you know how important the role is. And you hired Brandon Brown from the Eagles, who this season kind of lost a, a lot of people from their front office, which is a testament to the job, I think, how he is, is doing there. But can, can you talk to us, I suppose, um, in terms of, you know, hiring um, an, an assistant for, for the new role and how has um, that relationship developed during your early period in the role? Yeah, so Brandon Brown's a guy I've known for a while. We actually, when I was in Miami, we interviewed him for a, uh, for a role down there. So that was our first interaction and, uh, you know, continue to stay in touch throughout, you know, over the years. And he has a tremendous relationship throughout the league. And what I've learned, most of the general managers that I've worked with, you know, always say, hey, what gets you to the seat? You don't get to do that much anymore, which is a lot of times it's going on the road and scouting or evaluations. And, you know, that's a lot of what I was doing in Buffalo. And now you're dealing with the entire football operation. There's several people underneath you. There's a lot of questions on a daily basis that need to be answered. So, you know, by the time you get to doing any type of film, it's eight or nine o'clock at night. Um, and that's where Brandon has been a tremendous resource for me. He's a very good evaluator. Uh, he's very organized. Um, he communicates very well. So he's a very um, integral part of my team in terms of filtering the information. Hey, there's six guys. You don't need to look at these six. You just need to look at this one. Or, hey, 
you know, he'll shift me in the right direction with the limited amount of time I may have with him. And, you know, from even right now, we're going through, you know, some of our scouting processes and new manuals for the college and pro system. And I just said, hey, here's a few non-negotiables. I want these in here. And then you guys own the rest of it. And, you know, let me see the end product. So he's been a tremendous resource for me. He's got a very bright future. Joe, we're not too far away from the proper training camp. I know mandatory camp is on at the moment, but the real deal starts, I suppose, back end of July. From from your perspective, you've you've obviously heard a head coach, free agency, the rookie class, but it being your first, I suppose, your first time in the in the GM hot seat doing that. Is there any particular piece that you're really looking forward to yourself to, that you're in terms of the new season that you're kind of have a key focus on? Is it the rookie class to see how well they progress, or is it just the, the overall reconstruction of the team? Yeah, I think it's the reconstruction of the team. There's there's a lot of players again for the OTAs that we're in now in the offseason program. There have been we've had quite a few injuries where a lot of those guys that are maybe you know slightly dinged up or we didn't want to push them too hard because we don't play till September, seeing them on the field, you know, whether it's Kenny Dowlett Holiday or Kadarius Tony or Sterling Shepard, Blake Martinez. There's there's some players that are good players in this league that, you know, I didn't get to see a lot this spring. So I'm anxious to see, you know, hopefully we can get knock on wood, you know, 90 guys out there ready to go at the first of August, um, you know, when we come back or late July. So yeah, again, there's, there's some players I just haven't been around and I haven't really seen them didn't do much this spring because they were, they were injured. A lot of the rookies were out there, you know, again, there's sometimes after drafts, you, you see a guy, you're like, ah, it's not really what I thought he was going to be there. There were none of those moments this year, which, which were nice. You know, everybody kind of looks as advertised when we, we drafted them. So yeah, really just, Seeing everybody out there, you know, healthy and playing together is what I'm most looking forward to. Joe, the Bills played in London in 2015, which was a few years before you joined their staff. Uh, you should have seen Brian's face whenever they announced the Giants in London this year as the away team. I think the thing about this game that people are very excited about is both teams have got such support over here. What's your thoughts on this game? You know, how excited are you and the team? And can you maybe talk us through a bit about the process when you find out about it as well? Yeah, we found out about it probably three weeks before they announced it. They just kind of, you know, the league reaches out to you, says, hey, this might be a possibility. You know, they give you some options. Would you prefer to be away before the game or home or, you know, do you want to buy after the week, you know, whatever it may be. And it's pretty early in the season, so we do not have a buy um, after we play over there. But very exciting. It's something new. It's something you don't get to do very often in terms of traveling overseas and, and playing in a game. And when I was with, with the Dolphins, uh, we did play over there twice which was awesome. We played at Wembley, so this will be different for me. But it was a great experience. Team building, you know, you're bonding, you know, walking around London with teammates or coworkers. Just a really cool experience. Now, from from my seat and, and Dayball's seat, you know, we want it to be as normal a game week as we can, uh, you know, and try to eliminate the distractions the best we can. But, you know, also at the same time, it's, it's a unique situation where you, you can't explore London. But, you know, also the goal of the trip is to go win a football game. I suppose every kind of GM has their own thoughts on roster construction. And we've been fortunate in recent weeks to talk to Tom Telesco and Mickey Loomis about how they deal with kind of all the moving parts and developing the chemistry between the players, the coaching staff, the front office. Um, you've obviously been involved in the process, but now you're in charge of the process. Can you talk to us a little bit about your approach and your philosophy to team building? Yeah, it's, you know, something we use around here is smart, tough, and dependable. So that's kind of the the baseline. You know, we want guys that have those three traits, you know, smart, tough, and dependable. Um, if they have that, you know, then, you know, they, you know they, they click, they check that box. Then we look at, you know, any type of leadership, because I think leadership's important. 
Uh, it was a concerted effort for us to try to find the best we can with the resources we had this year um, to have leaders in each room. And that's something early on in Buffalo, you know, I think that's underrated, you know, the Kyle Williams of the world, the Lorenzo Alexanders, the Eric Woods, uh, the first year when we were making some difficult decisions to have a leader um, or leaders in the locker room that can carry the coach's message through the locker room and also enforce, you know, the, the few rules we may have, or, you know, if somebody's straying off track to, you know, put up guardrails and keep people in there, um, you know, in terms of what we're trying to do as a team. So, you know, to me, leadership's important and being smart, tough, dependable, you know, if you can get smart, tough and dependable, and they also have talent, you know, that's when I think you, you know, you can really hit a home run with those type of guys. And that's what we're looking for. Joe, any Giants fan, I speak to this side of the world, even in the US, they, they, I suppose they continue to talk about how aligned yourself and, and Coach David are. Can you speak to us about Coach David? He seems like a very open guy to be around, you know, in terms of all the footage you've seen to date. He's been very open with people. But at the same time, when he's doing his press conference, even this evening, I watched today's one, he, he switched, he turned, he switched, he switches very quickly to a head coach. Yeah, yeah. He, again, and I've, I've, you know, the first time I worked with Dayball was in 2011, I believe it was in Miami. He was the offense coordinator down there and I was a national scout. So he's come a long way. You know, he's, he's grown and matured. I think what's unique with him is, you know, he was 11 years in New England, but he was also 11 years outside of New England. So uh, he hasn't just been in one organization. He's seen, excuse me, different coaching styles. He's seen different philosophies and, you know, he's really grown and evolved as a person and a coach. And it's been fun to see that, but uh, really personable, you know, the players get along with him. Uh, he can, he can display tough love, you know, a lot of times, but as soon as practice is over, he's got his arm around those players that he was just, you know, getting into and, you know, loving them up. So, uh, they know it comes from a good place. You know, he cares deeply about, you know, his players, not only his players, but his staff, uh, and the entire organization. So yeah, just from a leadership standpoint, from just being a, a, a naturally a good human being and, and a high care factor for individuals. Um, you know, that would be who Brian Dayball is. Just finally for me, Joe, I want to get back to the draft a second. You select 11 players in the end. It seemed to have covered a lot of positions in terms of rebuilding the team, but obviously the two picks in the first round get the most coverage. Obviously, Evan Neal there, Kevin, Kevin Thibodeau. Um, two guys with very different personalities. Is there any point during the recent OTAs or rookie camps where you've said they're everything that you thought they were when scouting them during the expectation or evaluation process? And is there a part of you uh, that wants to, I guess, lessen the expectations for them coming into their rookie season in the NFL? Yeah, from what we've seen so far, again, we're shorts and t-shirts and helmets. Uh, we did, we spent a lot of time with uh, both of the, both players and you know, that as people, they are who we thought they were, you know, through the psychological tests, us going to dinner with them, having them in our building, going and see them at their pro days, all the information we got from coaches, they're very much who we thought they are as people. Now, as expectations, again, they're rookies. They've never been through a training camp. They've never played an NFL game. So, you know, a lot of it's in their hands. You know, we got a very detailed plan for the offseason when they're away from here, you know, how, how they're going to approach the offseason in terms of being a pro. And, you know, if they come back in shape and, and ready to go, um, you know, they should be, you know, key contributors for us, but everybody's going to compete for their job. And, you know, again, there's, they've never done it before. So, you know, how they're going to react, you know, will be up to them, but the research we've done, you know, I think they're both, you know, very competitive kids that are also smart, tough, and dependable. 
know you've been more than generous with your time and we definitely owe you a pint of Guinness if you make it to, to this part of the world. But no, seriously, we want to thank you and thank the Giants organization for giving us the opportunity to chat to you. And uh, hopefully yeah, your head coach, Brian, and our own Brian will be celebrating a win in uh, Tottenham in October. We want to wish you and the team all the best for the upcoming season. And uh, we hope it works out really well for you. I appreciate it. I'm actually flying to Scotland next Wednesday to golf. So I need to get to Ireland and golf at some point. I have to call you guys up. Is there a golfer on there on this? Oh, can we, guys... we can definitely oh. provide plenty of recommendations for, <laughs> for North, for North and South. Definitely. Let us know, Joe. Joe, awesome. we, had, we, Joe we had Jay Feely here a few weeks ago, a former John oh, kicker. Yeah. And uh, we went out for a couple of drinks with him and uh, we, re we recommended some really good golf courses. So he went oh. home very happy. That's awesome. Well, I love the golf. So if I ever get over there, I'll look you guys up for sure.